Hi. I'm Kelly Harlock. And I'm Sasha Kelly. And you're listening to another isolation special of that classical podcast. Welcome, everybody, once again. Thanks so much for joining us. We've been getting so many emails, so we thought, why not? Let's have another, like, Skype call catch up on Absolutely. Give the people what they want. What they want is more classical bangers. <laughs> and if you didn't want it, then Sorry. you're out now. I really <laughs> apologise very deeply. Uh, but Sasha, you're kicking us off today. What are we going to talk about? What piece is getting us through the week? Oh my goodness. Um, So I'm going to kick off with some Brahms, actually. A delight. And so many reasons why. I know you've already done an episode yeah. back with Chris ages ago. Brahms yeah. ages ago. Mm. So if anyone feels like they need to get up to speed then like go back and listen to that but definitely um and then come back and listen to us Please again return. of course <laughs> yeah um but I'm not really going to talk about Brahms as a person today but rather the fact that this article actually was written I just looked at the date on the 15th of April so it's like a month old now but okay. I came across it and um it made me you know, it mentions this particular piece by Brahms and I went and listened to it and I've been finding it really helpful. So the piece is, it's one of his intermezzi from the opus 117. Mm. It's the first and it's in E flat major. So sorry, where did you read this? Did you? So yeah, so that's the piece. But um, one of my favorite columnists who writes about classical music is Alex Ross. Mm-hmm. Um, and he writes for the New Yorker. So if you don't know who Alex Ross is, Totally fair enough. He's a very niche. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's a na- yeah, it's like a niche kind of fame. Like you know, the bassist from Coldplay. Like right. I don't know what they look like if they walk Sorry down the street. Sorry to that man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whoever it is. It's like Chris Martin. Yeah, I understand that probably oh. a lot of people understand who that is. Yeah, but Alex Ross is like a massive celebrity in my life. But mm-hmm. my mum would not know what he looks like. A shame um, for her. Yeah, exactly. She's the one missing out. <laughs> so he's been the music critic at the New Yorker since '96. And oh wow, okay, that's a yeah. good that's a good innings. It's a really good innings. Yeah. And when you read his writing, you understand why. He's okay. written two books that if you if you're like in that stage of classical music, like learning about classical music, where you feel like you've kind of got the basics covered, um, and you really want to like be challenged, mm-hmm. um, I cannot recommend these books highly enough. Um, one is called "The Rest Is Noise: Listening to the Twentieth Century." Wow, and it's all about contemporary music. And then his second book is uh, an essay collection called "Listen to This." Also, if you have lots of like highly intellectual friends, if you have I don't those know books, what that's like. <laughs> Yeah, if you have those books on your um, bookshelf, and and you know everyone's doing Zoom calls at the moment, it's all about Mm. like having the right your bookshelf, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So um, get those off Amazon and like strategically place Mm -hmm, them, mm -hmm. and then the next time you're talking to your like hyper pseudo intellectual friends, Mm -hmm. um, again, where are these friends? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've been placing mine for weeks and no one's noticed. Um, but it. Yeah, like, he just has a way with words. So he wrote in this article um, just about the way that Brahms connects with him. And I'm going to be a little, like, earnest here for you, Kelly. Oh, okay, yep. And he just said, and I'm going to quote what he wrote about because this really struck a chord with me. Mm. He said, People who claim to find Brahms dry or dismal, and it's not an uncommon opinion, even among otherwise discerning music lovers are often speaking gibberish that I can't debate because I don't understand a word. 
but I find him the most companionable, the most sympathetic of composers. There's an enormous sadness in his work, and yet it's a sadness that glows with understanding, that eases gloom by sharing its own. The music seems in a strange way to be listening to you, even as you listen to it. And at a time when an uncommonly large number of people are experiencing grief, I recommend Brahms as a counsellor and confidant. And I just Aww. read that and I thought I've never, you know, you know when people mm. write words in a way that if I tried to write like that, I'd sound like a wanker. Oh, yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you can like, absolutely say that. <laughs> if I tried to write like in such a sincere mm. way about any composer, people would be like, oh, get off it, Sasha. Like uh-huh. that sounds ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. sometimes you, sometimes there's people out there who have this ability to write stuff down in a way that is so personal and so vulnerable and yet it's still really beautiful. So and I, th- I love that because also yeah. like, I don't know, sometimes you go to a concert and the program notes make you want to die. Like yes. there's like, and the, t- the third movement is like a tumbling leaf in the wind and then it falls to the ground with the <laughs> p- staccato violin. And you're like, shut up. It's a piece of music. <laughs> like it's not a falling leaf. Like stop it. Like just yes. tell me what's about yes. to happen. Tell me if this movement is good or if it's bad. Like I don't, I don't care about the petals of a rose. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, and I find that so much of classical music, like writing people, People just try and go really like overly poetic and I don't know verbose and and this is not that this sounds yeah. much nicer and and a lot of his writing is like that like I'll read something and I'll go oh I've never thought of it that way before and just that mm. that that line there is an enormous sadness in his work and yet a sadness that glows with understanding mm. just that to me was like yeah when I listen to this piece and so the article I'll put the article in our show notes Great. um so people can find it awesome but there's something in that you read it and then you go listen to the piece and you just think of course I can't hear it any other way now um and he talks really beautifully in it about how his that piece in particular is important to him and his mother and oh. it's been a piece that's really stuck with him at particular times in his life so basically what I'm saying Kelly is I couldn't do my homework so I stole someone else's <laughs> I love it nope let's just read a quote for yeah. 10 minutes and it's done but um it's just been one of those things that and I went and got the recording that he recommended as well so it's just one of those things that has emerged out of this really weird time that's made me feel a little connected to someone who I really respect. So shall we listen to it? Let's do it. felt really relaxed listening to that and just very uh calm I I like that a lot I love Brahms I've got a lot of time for Brahms and I love his more sort of tender moments rather Mm. than his like bombastic moments personally but um yeah that's that's gorgeous it's really understated and 
a beautiful melody. Yeah, I'm into it. I've yeah. actually, I've never heard that before. So that's yeah, really nice. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah. And I also think that um, Brahms is really a, a big, like, hard on his sleeve composer. Definitely. Like, and, and there's a real spectrum of feeling as well. Like, you know, mm. I always think of his symphonies as, like, quite joyous and, like, I really want right. to listen to them when I'm in a good mood okay. or I feel like I want to get pumped up for something. Yeah. <laughs> At the gym. <laughs> oh, my God, the yeah. Just... <laughs> In my active work, active work, like listening to one of the symphonies. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm going to do that next time, Kelly, just to make you happy. Film Um, it. Yeah. But I, his piano works and some of his vocal music, there's Mm. a lot of like this quieter stuff, this stuff that's like more relevant for when you're feeling quite reflective or you feel like you want to kind of, I don't know, just think about life a little bit more. Absolutely, yeah. So, um, yeah, this one I didn't know. As I said, like I came across this article because I love Alex Ross and it was just one of those like little perfect moments when you go, well, I never would have found this otherwise. So there you go. That classical podcast. So today I wanted to spread some more Peace in Your Heart vibes like I did last time, Sasha, if you remember, uh, with my sassles. Can I say I listened to that. Oh, yeah. Like for weeks. <gasps> Did for you? Weeks. Yeah, afterwards. I, I sat down. This is how much of a nerd I am. Love I it. I sat down last weekend and I just listened to the whole thing and was like. Incredible. Oh, I feel like I'm doing my Kelly homework. Yes. Like I'm sitting here and looking after me. Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. The yeah. best kind of homework is Kelly homework. But it's it's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> piece, isn't it? And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I wanted to give more of those like, it's going to be okay vibes this week. Mm. Um, so I wanted to talk about Edvard Grieg, who uh, some of you might remember, he was one of the big composer dogs in the Romantic era. He was a Norwegian fella and kind of was around in the late 1800s kind of time. And I wanted to talk about one of his his most important works that we've actually briefly touched on before, but about three years ago, so it's okay. Um, and I, actually, Sasha, I realised Chris and I mm. never actually did a proper episode on Greek. Oh, so so we'll, it can go in the ideas notebook. It could definitely go in the ideas Excellent. spreadsheet slash notebook. Uh, there's a lot of crap in there. Um, but anyway, uh, I want to talk about his piano concerto, the only concerto, oh, yes. right? The only concerto yes. he ever actually finished and that like super annoyingly he composed when he he was 24 and if that oh, if that doesn't make you feel terrible about, <laughs> I know it's like it, what this desperate overachiever um but yeah so the first thing you need to know about Edvard was that he was pretty obsessed with Norwegian folk music and literature and folklore he loved a good myth he loved a good troll and he used like familiar tunes and sort of melodic patterns that could be found in loads of traditional dances and songs from Norway. So that was pretty cool. And you can definitely hear him doing this in mm. the piano concerto. A lot of it's super lively and passionate and strong. And he wrote it at a really happy time of life when he was on holiday in Denmark with his wife and his new baby. And I think in our in our episode that we featured this concerto, we played the first like bombastic movement. The but yeah, for me, the truly like idyllic part of it is the second movement, the adagio, because mm. like I said, the first movement kind of like, knocks you around the head from the very beginning. It's like but then the second movement is that classic peace in your heart moment and I hear the countryside in there I hear his hope for the future and the love that he felt in that moment 
getting a bit poetic, but like essentially, kind of like you were saying last time with the Ramo, this piece makes me feel like everything's going to be okay. And it's, mm. it's pure escapism. And especially when like you can hear that it's really inspired by the natural landscape around him and in in a time when we're stuck in like a dirty horrible intense city it makes me think of kind of sunlit green fields so that's really nice and oh, that's so gorgeous Kelly. I know isn't it but and I hope I'm really sp- nice. spreading that green fields vibe but like interestingly dinner party fact the version that we hear today isn't mm. the one that he originally wrote he revised it over seven times, apparently. Just like he's a perfectionist, like the best of us. Is he a perfectionist or can he just like, is he picking the scab? Oh, is he uh, like not letting definitely it just, both. Like, just leave it Surely alone, it right? goes hand in hand, babe. Hand <laughs> in hand. But like, so, because he, yeah, he just kept revising it. He wasn't happy and he only finished it like a couple of weeks before he died. Um, mm. And that final, it's only that final version that actually achieved all the like mass popularity around the world. Um, wow. So, like, that is the one that we're going to hear this fine May afternoon slash morning slash evening depending when on and where you are in the world excellent Um, I'm excited yeah let's do it make you think of some green sunlit fields pleasure you know it really did kelly and (laughs) i've got to say that i don't know you know where everyone's listening but um when you're in a big city where Mm. some of the fun stuff about being in a big city is you you know there's always people coming like to play there's always concerts to go to there's always the movies go to the theater yeah Yeah, you can like uh but when that kind of stops the thing that you really want to connect with is is nature and you know I've got a friend who's been sending me pictures of beaches and other friends (laughs) being like I'm on this beautiful like country walk Mm. and you're like oh I know (laughs) let me out of this box (laughs) I know that's exactly it and Charlie Seum's Instagram on the French Riviera don't even start I can't even sorry to Charlie Seum it's ridiculous anyway um, but actually that someone jumped off a boat the other day and I was like I won't swear but like (laughs) seriously <laughs> I'm gonna unfollow it's you too much um, I can't do it honestly it's ridiculous but oh. yeah I mean it's this piece is as I said it's just it's pure escapism and it's it's yeah. peace and it's joy and it's um it's just total calm and, and I love it and it's almost like they write because of course you know music has tempo and rhythm and blah 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 but it's like they've written music that stops time like mm. you just are in a moment and it can just absolutely. Sit with you. It's That's so amazing it. It how amazing time. composers do that. You mm. just you're like time is passing, but it doesn't. 
Uh, yeah. It's honestly, it, it just as I was, for some reason, <laughs> I always find these pieces when I'm in a supermarket. Because last time, so <laughs> the sound source was playing when I was in the queue for Asda. And this came on when I was going to Tesco and like, look at like, really like in a bad mood looking for like spaghetti bolognese ingredients. Ugh. And it came on and I was like, I'm so happy it's here. Like I'm yes. so happy that it came on and it's like taking me out of this moment and making me realize that it's going to be all right. And yeah. um, first of all, one fact, it was the first piano concerto that was ever recorded, by the way, back in 1909, really? if you ever knew that. But go. the really funny thing about that is that it was so, it was heavily abridged and lasted only six minutes. <laughs> so, um, what, the whole thing? Yeah. So like a 30 minute concerto was wow. was squished into six minutes. And I can't imagine what, on earth they kept in or cut out that's kind of like saying i guess it's a bit like watching the recaps like of rupaul's drag race or something it's like previously on like i guess just being like the this is what you missed yeah or like lord of the rings (laughs) in like four chapters (laughs) and you're like oh okay yeah that was good oh i'd love to hear that that'd be amazing that would be stressful but i'd like what i wanted Mm. to end on was just Mm. greek being an absolute babe and just generally once he described his music as follows Artists like Bach and Beethoven erected churches and temples on ethereal heights. I want to build homes for people in which they can be happy and contented. Isn't that so beautiful? That is. I'm like, like, we're quote. Are we the we're quote? We're quote. I know. We're the quote ladies. Let me just find this thing. It's I because we're lazy. It. It's pure laziness. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we're just I, outsourcing everything. I, isn't that the most like pure thing you've ever heard? That it is, and it's so right in yeah. that. I mean, it sounds weird to us now because we think of Grieg as a master composer. For sure, for sure. I'm sure to, like, you know, it's that thing of, like, you never know what it feels like to be that person. So I'm sure, I'm sure to Grieg, Beethoven and Bach felt like these, that they built these impossible, like, architectural masterpieces that he'd never live up to. But you're, it's so accurate. Like, there is something so peaceful and homely and like personal about that piece of music and like it makes you feel safe like Mm. he's he's built you this little musical like cottage yeah and you just feel safe in there and happy and content exactly as he said and I just couldn't think of a better feeling right now for everyone so yeah please please go and sit in your cottage everyone have a cup of tea and uh enjoy that classical podcast well that is another isolation episode of that classical podcast. Tick. Thanks so much for listening. Yes, we did Done. it. <laughs> um, and thank you once again for everyone for your like gorgeous emails. Like we really appreciate you guys taking the time to write to us, and we hope all of you are doing okay. And we love to hear from you, so please do uh, reach out. Sorry, that's a really corporate time. Please do reach out if you have any uh, anything to to chat about with us. We always love to hear from you. Absolutely. And um, ha- if you want to find out more about us on the socials where do they go they can go to well we're on twitter we're at that classical on instagram we are that classical insta we've got a facebook page if you're still on facebook uh we've <laughs> got uh, we're on spotify if you want to listen to any of the music that we've played uh since the beginning of time mm-hmm. uh head to spotify and type in that classical podcast and you can also email us we are at that classical email at gmail.com yeah, and also another thing that I'll just say is if you've only just discovered us in this time of isolation or lockdown and you're like, I really want to do something to, like, help people find this amazing podcast. Um, <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> Steady on. 
steady on this. I know, I've got a bit enthusiastic. But there is something you can do. You can go to your podcast provider, whether that's iTunes or wherever you listen, and give us a five-star review because that actually does bump us up and makes a huge difference getting us more audiences getting us in front of different ears. So sure. if they, if you are thinking like, what can I do to help um, Kelly and Sasha? Um, a, thank you so much for thinking <laughs> that, you generous soul. Um, yes. But B, that's the easiest way to do it is to give us a really lovely review and tell your friends. That would be absolutely lovely. And yeah, please just stay safe, everyone. Wash those hands and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.